seems like yesterday we used to rock the show. I laced the track, you locked the flow. So far from hanging on the block for dough. Notorious, they got to know that life ain't always what it seemed to be. Words can't express Welcome, Pewter Report you know readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report in the podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Thursday edition of the show. We are back for another episode live from Indianapolis, where we are at the NFL Combine. The drills are starting today. While we spoke to a lot of defensive players on the defensive line, at linebacker and edge rusher yesterday, today... We spoke to the DBs. That's right. A lot of corners, a lot of safeties. Sounds like the Bucs are going to go with the DB in this year's draft, given the free agency situation that they are going to. So a lot of fun insight and good information from that, which we will all get into. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is Bailey Adams of PewterReport.com, my fellow colleague. And Bailey, I think the Bucks' hands are kind of tied. They have to pick a, a defensive back because they don't really have another choice right now. Yeah, at some point they're going to have to. I, I don't know if that's going to be a, a day one thing, a day two thing, a day three thing, or all three days. I don't know. It, it just depends, obviously, on how the free agency process goes. I just it, It's hard to see Jamel Dean coming back, both because of the money he's making and also there was just – it doesn't seem like – and I know Todd Bowles has spoke, spoken glowingly about Jamel Dean, but there's been that weird thing where it's kind of been like, Sometimes he'd play SMB over him. Sometimes yeah. he didn't fully trust him. So it was one of those things where I think it's probably better for Jamel Dean himself to go get paid, to go else, go somewhere else where he can be treated like a, you know, a, a true cornerback one or cornerback two, instead of somebody who's kind of rotating in there having to wait for his chance sometimes. But yeah, it's, you know, a lot, a lot of DBs talk today, a lot of them, you know, with interviews informal and formal with the Bucks. So it's time to get into and we will talk a lot about the, the prospects and the overall outlook at cornerback and safety for the Bucks. But we do have to start with some solemn news, news that we were aware that was coming down the pipeline. It's the end of an era for tight end Cam Bray. Good night, sweet prince. Trevor Sikama did this today. We were, we were talking with Trevor before, and he's like, he pointed up, <laughs> pointed up to the sky and uh, – Trevor also said that he can come back now because I believe when he was here, that's when Cam Bray got drafted or came to the team and everything, and that's what put the curse on the Bucs. And then Trevor left, and, of course, uh, the Bucs went on to win the Super Bowl. The Lightning went back-to-back. Um, that's a story for another day. Uh, but the Bucs will be saving a, a fair amount of money. Cam, for what he does, definitely got overpaid, but good for him. Like You get that money. But you can kind of see it coming, Bailey, yeah. for the fact that the last couple of seasons, he already took a pay cut. Right. And given the salary cap situation that the Bucs are in, Cam Brate was a was a very likely target. But, I mean, man, what a career in Tampa Bay. Quite the career. I mean, he, he finishes, I think, third on Bucks' all-time uh, touchdowns list for receivers or for, for pass catchers. And I know it's not the most illustrious list probably, but still, I mean, he, for over the course of his career, for a guy who went undrafted and, you know, coming from Harvard – to have the career he did as a Buck, I mean, he was, you know, almost a cult hero for the Bucks. I think, in some ways. Part of oh, the yeah. Super, part of the Super Bowl team, um, you know, and, and he did. The last couple of years, took some pay cuts to help the Bucks get cap compliance, make another run and everything. Um, but, yeah, they're going to save about $3 million, it looks like, $2.955 million um, for, for this year, which is, I mean, anything helps at this point. With their $56 million over, anything's going to help. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough day because I think we all saw it coming, but, you know, Cam is someone that, 
we really enjoyed covering, you know, always, always gave us, you know, was gracious with his time, always gave us great answers, always was just a fun guy to talk to. You know, we're going to miss that mustache. We're going to miss mm-hmm. really everything about Cam Brait. But, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, it's the business, I guess. There's no question that Cam Brait is a fan favorite. Again, just look at how he got his start. And you talked about went to Harvard, went undrafted, scratched and clawed his way to make this team. I mean, he for a long time, and I mean this in as a, um, I mean this in a positive form. He was, and this is a compliment. He was a cockroach at times. I mean, the fact that he was able to make the team every year. He was a first string tight end. He was a third string tight end, second string as well. And still, year after year, was able to make the team. All the touchdowns he scored, you know, on that on that list of, of touchdowns scored by tight ends, he became a red zone threat when they weren't great. And then even when they were great, you talk about him being a Super Bowl champion. He wasn't just on the team and they won. Like, he was a real factor for the Bucs, yeah. especially, you know, he scored a touchdown in the NFC Championship game. He had a great screenplay in the Super Bowl. Cam Bray was a big part of the Bucs winning the Super Bowl in 2020. So he will really be missed. Um, we can't thank him enough for, you know, being so cool with the media, so open to us. Like you said, great answers. Uh, he's been really helpful to Peter Report. He's done, um, you know, he's come out to events for us, which was really helpful. He's a two-time guest of What's Cooking, which was hosted by the late great Mark Cook and some of the best episodes that we had on What's Cooking. Um, so Cam Bray, fan favorite, cult hero, he really will be missed because he was a he was a very exciting guy and a fan favorite. And I think a great way to describe Cam Bray, in my opinion, he's probably not going to make the Bucks Ring of Honor, but he's one of those guys, and he has a house in Tampa. Like if if he comes back and they put him on the screen at, at a Bucks game. People are going to yeah. go wild for yeah. him. He's definitely like the Hall of Very Good for the Bucs, well, uh, an all-timer. Think about it, too. I mean, he has – and I think it was Dan Lucas from WFLA who tweeted this earlier and saying, no one else can say that they caught Tom Brady's last touchdown pass. And Cam Brady was the one who caught the Lombardi Trophy when Tom yes. Brady threw it from boat to boat uh, at, the, at the boat parade after the Super Bowl. So two really big moments for Cam over the last few years, obviously with the Super Bowl ring, too. You know, a, a career with the Bucs that really – is overall, as you look at it, it's solid. Like, you, you feel good about the career he had for him, and you're just happy for him as a person for, for all the contributions he made. Benkis says, Cam was a solid contributor and a team-first guy. What more can you ask? Exactly. You, you can't ask for much more. By the way, shout-out to everybody in uh, the chats uh, commenting. Uh, we love the Peter people. We're going to get to as many as we possibly can. And remember, you super chat. We will put you up at the front of the line. Al Bundy says, Braid has a place in NFL trivia history, LOL. Yes, yes, he does. He absolutely does. And, Bailey, let's look at the tight end situation. I know we're going to talk about the DBs. I promise we will. Uh, but this does impact the, the the tight end room. I mean, Kyle Rudolph is not coming back. Yeah. I, I think I, I, don't, I don't really have to go into much detail about that. Kyle Rudolph is not back. So, really, on the list right now, tight ends for the Bucs, it's a bunch of young guys. It was the two rookies from last season, Kate Otten, and co-keep so will the Bucks bring in a, a veteran tight end this year again maybe someone with a little more wheels on the on the cart a little bit more than Kyle Rudolph does this mean they take another tight end in this year's draft where the Bucks will have one of the youngest tight end rooms in the league when you have two rookies from the year before and drafting one this year 
Uh, Bucks want to get younger. Jason Light spoke about that, and the tight end group is going to be extremely young. Yeah, I mean, to me, that that feels like the way forward is probably bringing in a cheap veteran, someone who can hopefully contribute and be the voice in, the, in that room because they are going to be a bunch of young guys. But they're going to have to rely on Dotton to step up. Of course, Co-Keep and his role is going to continue to, to do what he does. But I think I wrote about this on PewReport.com, uh, I believe it was last week, about the need to draft a tight end at this point. I mean, I know they have a ton of needs. They need to draft pretty much every position if you really look at it. But with the way this this tight end class is set up, and we'll talk to the tight ends tomorrow, yeah. the way this tight end class is set up, it's pretty deep. And they can probably find one on day three who they can probably, you know, they're probably going to have to rely on them. And it's one of those things where there's so many needs. And I don't know that you call that one of the top needs. It might be one of those things where, you know, for the, for the next, for this year anyway, you kind of have to scrape by and mm-hmm. then kind of reevaluate where you are once you can kind of refill the rest of the roster and rest of the depth chart. John Joseph Maloney says his mustache, talking about Cam Braid, his mustache has a place in the NFL Agreed. Hall of Fame. Fully agree with that. Kieran Butt says Otten tight end one season. Yeah, so what are your thoughts, Bailey, about Kate Otten? I, I think there were times that he really poured it on, obviously scored the game-winning yeah. touchdown against the Saints, helped – orchestrate the comeback against the Rams. He scored the touchdown before Rashad White had the, the game winner. Is Kate Otten enough to be a, a tight end one, or is there still a little more seasoning for, for Cade? I think, I think there's, it's a little bit of both. I think, I think he, he has what it takes and it's just about taking that opportunity now um, because he's going to have to, to be that guy for the Bucks. I think regardless of whether or not they draft someone, I don't know they're going to draft somebody who's going to step in and immediately be tight end one. So um, unless they, you know, take a tight end really early, which I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, but yeah, I think Otten showed a lot of promise last year. I think he needs to, to find a little bit more consistency, which I think is something that kind of comes with, you know, with, with experience. Offense. Yeah, the experience, the way the offense was last year, which is hard for anyone, I think, mm-hmm. to be consistent. Um, so he, you know, he had stretches where, you know, he would kind of really only show up in the second half of games, which I don't know. If I, I know was he was a uh, usage thing than anything on him. He was a huge second-half guy. It always felt, why isn't he getting involved more? I mean, there were certain I – mean, there's a lot of games he would have two receptions yeah. for whatever yards, but the more volume he got, the team was usually successful in moving the ball down the field. Um, he's not the quickest guy. I, he's got pretty good hands. I think people forget when he scored that game-winning touchdown against the Saints, he had a great diving catch yeah. over the middle about – five to 10 plays before that really got the box into the red zone. So he's very able. He's a good enough blocker. He's pretty solid. He's actually better when he's blocking in motion, when he has to pull or swing, whatever, than going one-on-one. So uh, it would be interesting to see if the Bucks get a tight end that is a little bit quicker, or if they go with another in-line blocker. I know Keith can block as well, but I really do feel like he's going to be more of just like that fullback role that, that, you know, type of backfield guy that can, if he's lining up on the line of scrimmage, he's going to be just an extra blocker. Yeah. And when I wrote about this, I think I kind of said, I think Keith is going to have his, you know, his role on the team still, he's still going to be that guy. And I think by default now with Cam Brate, um, you know, it's impending release. He co-keep slides into the tight end two role for now, just because there's no one else really on the roster. They have a couple guys, they signed to futures contracts. Uh, it was Dominique Daphne and David Wells were two of those guys, but Co-Keeft is really tied in too for now until they can kind of upgrade the position through free agency, whether that's a, a cheap veteran or through the draft. But Co-Keeft, I think, is, is one of those guys who brings value to the team. And I know 
you kind of wonder and see how Dave Canales is going to use him. I think it got to be a little predictable sometimes. Yes. I mean, predictable is, is one of the words you use when you talk mm-hmm. about Byron Leftwich's offense last year. But when he was in the game, you kind of knew a run was coming. You know, I, I think every once in a while, I think he had like six or seven catches on the year. He had that one touchdown against Cleveland. But he's one of those guys who you probably know what you're going to get when he comes in the game. But when you put him in the game, it's, it's got to be, you know, the right time, the right, um, you know, the right situation. I think, you know, it, he has a lot of value in that way. I'm also a big team chemistry and continuity yeah. guy, and it seems like Co Keefe really hit it off with a lot of players in the locker. I mean, Co was the originator of the uh, the foot on the feet on the ground or the foot on the, yeah. the earth type of thing when the players would go barefoot and uh, walk across the field while Tom Brady would do his uh, you know <laughs> early morning walk uh, at Raymond James Stadium or whatever stadium they were playing at if it was a road game. Um, he goes out with a lot of the players too when there's when there's big events like Tristan Wars at the Lightning game the other yeah. night. Yeah. Uh, you know, Coquise was there too, and, and Pat O'Connor. So it seems like he fits in really well with a lot of the guys. And you know, maybe that's not important to some people, but I, I think I think it's an important aspect to to being on the team. Uh, some other Bucks news before we get into the combine. Uh, some more negative news, unfortunately, <laughs> and there was a. A grading system, I guess, if you survey. want to call it. that a survey, an anonymous survey from uh, the Bucks, but every team around the NFL, the players were given a report card and they had to give the grades on a number of topics about the facility, uh, where they play and different amenities that the teams provide. And the Bucks did not get a very good ranking. Overall, they were ranked 26th in the league uh, in six different categories. They are treatment of families, food, service slash nutrition, weight room, strength coaches, training room, locker room, and team travel. So kind of like a lot of different areas, very scattered. Where they got good grades, they received an A from the, uh, in the strength coaches, an A- minus in the training staff, uh, but everything else was not good. For team travel, they got an F. For food service and nutrition, they got a D. And treatment of families, they got a D plus, which again, we talked about this earlier. I don't think you can get a D plus because the D is between 65 and 69. So you either get a D, or if you're below 65, you just fail. So I don't know where the D plus came in. <laughs> but either way, not the most ideal grades. Um, this is something we had to address, Bailey. I I can't speak for the players. I mean, we're in the locker room. We know in the box. <laughs> fly private and the bucks were very accommodating when the hurricane was coming and they got everybody to Miami. We can't speak for the players, but it was definitely an eye-opening report. Yeah. It was interesting to kind of go through and look at the the marks that the bucks got, but also some of the other teams. Like you see like, yeah, the chiefs came in, I think like 29th overall, which surprised me, you know, some of those better teams you looked at and you, the commanders were at number 32. La- dead last. That is that the least shocking. Surprise. That didn't surprise. <laughs> I don't think anyone. Um, but I, I, yeah, it was just kind of surprising to see. And, and like you said, eye opening because, you know, I think, I don't know, from the outside looking at it, no, they have it pretty good. Like everything seems, seems like it's, it's run pretty well, but obviously they're in the building every day. They're, they're dealing with some of this stuff. Um, and, and I think it's one of those things that probably is going to be a, a positive, like a net positive for the NFLPA anyway, cause that's who, that's who's doing this is, is the NFLPA, the players association. Yeah. I think the owners are probably going to hate that this came out, like that this is a thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of those things that you kind of wonder, and I, Josh Capo wrote uh, wrote about this on PeterReport.com, wrote about, you know, with free agency coming up, 
and I don't know if this is going to decide anything for someone like oh, this is going to be the sole deciding factor. But if they're between two places and the money's you know similar and the situation's similar, if they look at this kind of stuff and they're like, all right, well, my everyday life with this with this team, what's it going to look like? And if they have all these bad grades, you know, that you look somewhere else and it's a little bit better of a setup, you're like, all right, maybe I'll go over there and see, you know, go somewhere where, where players are happier. So it's it's uh, I don't know. It kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't know this was going to be a thing that was happening. Yeah, it kind of popped up out of nowhere. <laughs> and for it to pop up last night um, was was definitely pretty pretty interesting to read. I agree with you, though, that overall I do think eventually it will be a good thing. Because if the players have an issue with something, then it, it should be addressed. I mean, yeah. wouldn't you want your players as happy as they could possibly be? So hopefully some good comes out of this. And for the Bucks, you know, playing in Florida, a good bargaining chip for them was always the no state income tax. And – being ranked 26 in the league in these amenities, it could hurt because – and Josh wrote this perfectly uh, in the article, which, again, please go check out at pewterreport.com. Josh made the point that the Bucks had – they were kind of on easy street where they had a you know get-out-of-jail-free card because you had Tom Brady, and Brady was the ultimate recruiter, and people wanted to play with Brady. That's why Gronk came out of retirement. That's why they got Antonio Brown. That's why Leonard Fournette went there. Um, you can name a couple of other guys as well. But Brady's not there anymore. So you can't just go with, hey, you get to play with the GOAT. You get to go with some of the, the greatest of all time. That's not there anymore. So you actually have to come up with a better convincing point now, a, a better case to bring in highly coveted free agents because you're not always going to find the Shaq Barrett's of the world that just pan out. Fantastic. You have to eventually, and not this off season, obviously given the cap situation that they're in, but one day or another, you're going to have to try to convince a more high profile guy that can make your team better. And these rankings, while they're not last, they're still not uh, overall fantastic. So hopefully something gets cleaned up there. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully the Blazers, and hopefully, I think just the, the organization in general can kind of look at this as constructive criticism and not something to to scoff at, or not something to like, you know, not one out there. I think it's probably if if it leads to positive and it leads to the changes that you know the players want, obviously within reason, and not not everything's sure. ever going to be perfect, but um, if it leads to some positive change, I think it would be a good thing for for everyone. I will say. When it comes to energy drinks, Celsius energy drinks always get an A plus from me. They are the presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. We highly recommend you check out some of their new flavors, the Fantasy Vibe and the Sparkling Lemon Lime. Fantasy Vibe, it's like drinking a creamsicle. Do I need to say more to Bucks fans? Creamsicle. <laughs> um, and then the Sparkling Lime, I've been a big fan of it ever since I tried it. Uh, it's definitely in my rotation has seven essential vitamins, Celsius energy drinks, and uh, no crash or sh- uh, sorry, no crash or, or post energy drink jitters like you might get with some other products. Go to the store locator, Bailey. We did that we did. today after we left the convention center at the combine. Scott Reynolds punched in our address, and we went to our local convenience store in Indiana, in Indianapolis. Picked up some Celsius. So the store locator works, ladies and gentlemen. We're not just hyping it up. It legit worked for us, and we got some Celsius on the way home before we did this podcast. And find out where you can get a Celsius near you at your local Walmart, Target, CVS, or your bodega. Get to your bodega. Try the new flavors of Celsius. That's hashtag Celsius Lip Fit, hashtag Celsius 
energy. All right, Bailey, time to talk about some of the prospects that we spoke to today at the NFL Combine. It was defensive back, so it was corner and safety. Um, a couple of formal interviews with the cornerbacks, a lot more with the safeties, but we'll start with the CBs. Lay it on us, the formals and the informals. Yeah, so there were just two formals so far for the Bucks uh, with their cornerback or with the cornerback prospects. What was it? 45 is how many they get total, right? Yes. 45. So these are two more of those. Uh, Oregon cornerback Christian Gonzalez was, has a formal schedule with the Bucks. Uh, he's a guy who's been mocked to the Bucks, I think, quite a bit um, in the last couple weeks, last couple months. And then the other one was South Carolina cornerback Cam Smith, who has a, had, a, had a formal. I think he's another one who's been mocked to the Bucks quite a bit. He so. has. Um, those two had formal interviews and then some informal interviews. Utah's Clark Phillips, Mississippi State's Emmanuel Forbes, another guy popular in mocks. Uh, Alabama's Eli Ricks, who Josh Capo wrote about uh, a couple weeks ago on PewterReport.com. Oregon State's Alex Austin, Maryland's and Bennett, USC's Makai Blackman, Miami's Tyreek Stevenson, who, who's somebody I think of interest, uh, something we might, might want to talk about. But South Carolina cornerback Darius Rush, who was at the Senior Bowl uh, mm-hmm. in Mobile. Kansas State's Julius Brintz, another guy who who I think we we were keeping our eye on in Mobile because he had a pretty yeah, pretty and he was on our flight. He's been training yeah. in Tampa. He was on our flight to uh, to the combine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Virginia corner AJ Johnson, Louisiana Tech's Miles Brooks, Miles Brooks, uh, Syracuse corner Garrett Williams, and then uh, the last two were South Alabama's Daryl Luter Jr. and then Oregon State's Rajon Wright. He had one at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he mentioned so quite a bit, a lot to get through there, and I think it's. Pretty obvious why, given the the state of the Bucks cornerback group right now. Yeah, I had some good conversations with Alex Austin and uh, Williams from from Syracuse. Uh, you'll see that in a video in a little bit. Um, but the two guys we mentioned at the top, or that you mentioned, with Gonzalez and, and Cam Smith, two guys that in Peter Report's mock draft roundup, uh, they come out every week. Gonzalez has been all over the place. He's yeah. been mocked to them a couple of times. Uh, same with Cam Smith. I'll start with Gonzalez. Just, um, you know, the write-up about him on various websites. He's got the length, the athleticism. I mean, you can see in the graphic for those watching the show right now. I mean, he's got the elevation. He can go up and get up after the football. Um, you're always looking for an athletic corner, especially in today's NFL. You know, physicality is still important, but given all the the penalties and the different rules that that, that go on in the NFL, uh, you need a guy that can stay with these wide receivers that are running four threes and at this point four twos. So the athleticism is like the biggest thing for him that really sticks out. Very experienced as well. He was a three year starter. Um, in his college playing days. And maybe the biggest thing that that really stands out for him is the instincts. And that's something for me that, listen, outside of quarterback, and this is just my opinion, feel free to agree or disagree. Outside of quarterback, I truly think playing cornerback is the most difficult position when you're entering the league as a rookie. I mean, you are going to get burnt and lose reps not all the time, but it's going to happen a couple of times a game. You have to have a short memory and you got to have confidence in yourself because it's just the way that the league is now with all the, the penalties. But one way that you can can kind of make up for the disadvantage that corners have is if you can anticipate when a receiver is going to make his break or what route he was going to run and, and essentially cut him off. I think that's so important. That's what really made former 
Buccaneer great, but New York Jet Hall of Famer, soon to be Darrell Revis. That's what made him great was his ability to mirror what the wide receiver was doing. And, you know, if he's running an out route, he's going to get to the sideline before the receiver gets there. If he's cutting across the middle, Reeves is going to jump in before he even starts turning to his right or his left. Um, that's something that Gonzalez has, and it, it's super important. Um, the, the big con against him, really, is his strength, and that goes back to the physicality. Um, could hurt with some jump balls and some one-on-one opportunities. But, I mean, overall, the Bucks pick him at 19. That's obviously, see you later, Jamel Dean. Um, but it, it, today's NFL, you need two solid corners, and Gonzalez, Gonzalez fits the mold. Yeah, I mean, if you look, like, like you said, when you come into this league, look at the receivers you're going to face. Yeah, I, I think almost as an advantage for the Bucks, um, you know, any Bucks young corners that come in because in training camp and the preseason uh, practices and everything, they'll be going up against Mike Evans. They'll be going up against Chris Godwin, you know, some of the best receivers in the league. But yeah, it's it's a huge, huge position of need for the Bucks, especially, you know, I think the good thing, and this is obviously the way the, the calendar set up in the NFL, is like we'll know what happens with Jamel Dean within the next couple of weeks uh, once free agency opens and wh- whether or not cornerback is potentially a first round need for the Bucks. And Christian Gonzalez is a guy who, like, I don't even know for sure if he's going to fall away to 19. Yeah. Um, but someone definitely of interest if he does fall to 19. You, you mentioned his instincts. I mean, he he had four interceptions last year. Um, and then he had seven pass, uh, passes defended and five in each of the previous two years. Um, and I think it's just one of those things where we've talked about it yesterday with some of the edge rushers and the linebackers forcing turnovers. The Bucs need to force more turnovers. We knew yes. something that was completely lacking last year. And Gonzalez is a guy who, you know, four interceptions in a year, I think, is probably more than any of the any of the uh, any of the guys the Bucks had back there last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, somebody who can hit with, with good ball skills and you know those instincts to to make those turnovers and make those splash plays, um, definitely. And obviously, you mentioned the length. He's, he's listed at six two. Uh, we'll see what he you know what he measures in at. Obviously, with um, with the combine this week, but that that's the kind of length that Todd Bowles and you know this Bucks staff likes. They love lanky. To- lanky corners Derek Hall says the draft is deep with corners I think Witherspoon might be there for us uh, there's another comment by Adrian Adrian was saying that uh cornerbacks are the most important defensive position a couple disagreements from Tom and Al saying that a uh, defensive lineman is more more important on the um, defensive side the other corner that had a formal interview with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is oh, hold on we got to get to a super chat first thank you to LDBC's most wanted. Thank you for the 199 super chat. Do you think Gonzalez shops at his local bodega? Well, if he comes to Tampa, he can go to a couple of bodegas and get some Celsius. Yeah, I, I think he's he probably should. yeah. If he's not, he I should. don't know if he is, but he should. He yeah. should be definitely. But thank you for the super chat, LDBC's most wanted. Uh, appreciate that. Um, we also maybe we'll find out if Cam Smith shops at his local bodega as well. He was the other corner that had a formal interview with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The uh, analysis on him, really, again, you want to talk about experience. We thought Gonzalez, that was impressive with uh, three years. Um, I'm sorry, I I was thinking about someone else. For uh, for Cam Smith, he's got a great football IQ. Um, He really attacks, and he goes after the ball. Again, turnovers, we can't emphasize that uh, that too much. Uh, the Bucks need more turnovers. Cam Smith is the guy for that. Um, the knocks against him, though, his athleticism, 
not the not the fleetest of foot, and especially if he is going to get beat, um, that recovery speed isn't isn't always there for him. And um, that was some injuries last season, so that obviously is something you have to keep an eye on. But at the same time, Antoine Winfield Jr., which a lot of defensive backs are talking about today, Antoine Winfield Jr. had his fair share of injuries in college, and I know he has gotten hurt in the NFL, but I think it's definitely been well worth the risk for Antoine Winfield Jr. So I don't think Cam Smith should really be ruled out um, with that one. But as far as the outlook at cornerback, Bailey, we were talking about it a little bit. It's two guys on the roster right yeah. now. It is Carlton Davis and it is Zion McCollum. Now, Carlton, we know the deal with him, right? Yeah. Great cover corner. Can't. Can't get his hands yeah, on the ball. Doesn't he, he? Sometimes he'll get his hands on the ball, but he doesn't. Can't you know, doesn't secure the, the catch. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where you know Carlton. That's kind of been his kryptonite. But obviously, Carlton Davis probably locked in as your cornerback one. But you know, I, I don't think they they go into the season trusting Zion McCollum to be their number two guy. Obviously, they will bring somebody in, whether that's through free agency or the draft. Um, I think I think there is, and we heard Jason Light talk about it earlier this week. There's there's a lot of hope and a lot of potential there for Zion McCollum and, and what he can do in terms of his development. Um, but I think, I think, yeah, it, it's a need where you've got some other guys in the roster. You've got D Delaney, who I think is maybe, maybe a early rights for a free agent. Um, and then there's some other guys that were, are more depth guys. You don't have anybody else ready to step in and replace Jamel Dean because Sean Murphy Bunting is also free agent. So obviously it's going to be one of those, one of those big positions of need and, Something we can talk about both with the corners and the safeties is, you know, that slot and that nickel corner position. Yeah. Because last year, a lot of a lot of what the Bucks did was, you know, Todd Bowles liked to have Antoine Winfield Jr. play in the slot as the nickel, you know, when they were in nickel defense. And he said earlier this week, and it's something we also wrote about uh, on pewterreport.com, that uh, he would, this year he would like to kind of stick Antoine Winfield Jr. at one position and leave it there, not move him around as much as he did in 2022. Um, and you know, you, you read between the lines a little bit there, and you know he means safety. You know he, he you know, yeah. that's, that's where Antoine Winfield Jr. was better. Um, I think Winfield had a, a solid season anyway, you know, playing both roles, but he, he's been better as that kind of center field type. And so with that, with him back, you know, up top at free safety, it creates a big need inside uh, inside at the nickel position. So you know, we kind of we're, we're looking and talking to some guys today who have experience at the college level playing uh, a lot of snaps inside. Um, and so I think that's that's one of those things where you look at you look at those guys and probably move them up. I don't want to say move them up the board, but kind of keep your eye on them a little bit more given the needs of this team right now. Yes, definitely. A couple of prospects that we'll get into in just a moment about uh, where their strengths are at the nickel corner. It, I think it will, it will be better for the Bucs in general with Antoine just playing further back um, at free safety and Better for him too, I think, in terms of probably health wise. Yeah, health wise, contract valuations, all that stuff. Um, I, I think will be better for him. That's that's his true like natural position where he's he's at his best. Well, the Bucks needed to figure out who was going to be that nickel corner because like Jamel Dean had hands down won the um second cornerback, C B two, and Sean Murphy Bunting, great guy, but not really the right guy to play slot corner. Damn, he's got a Scott did SMB dirty with the, <laughs> this picture of him allowing the touchdown uh, against the Seahawks. So let me ask you, and we'll get into the safeties in a moment. 
Jamel Dean seems like he's out the door yeah. just because he's going to get more money than the Bucks can afford. Doesn't mean that the Bucks don't want him; they just can't afford him. SMB, it's a very different situation. He lost his starting job. He got playing time last year because of injuries. Had an interception on Patrick Mahomes. Would you bring back Sean Murphy Bunting next season? I'd consider it at least. I know the comments probably going to go crazy after this, <laughs> but um, I'd consider it at least because I think he's a guy who, you know, he's made some splash plays in the past, uh, especially during that Super Bowl run. But you kind of look at the tape and you don't – I don't see him going out on the, on the market and getting, you know, a ton uh, you know, a ton of big offers. I think he's probably a guy you can have come back, um, you know, if the Bucks want him back. And I think Todd Bowles really likes Sean Murphy Bunting. I think that he's made that pretty clear. Uh, I think this is a guy that you can probably bring back, I don't want to say on a cheap deal, but on a cheaper deal, um, you know, and and kind of maybe give him a chance to reestablish his value on the market, um, maybe going into next year, maybe it's a two-year deal. I don't know. It just depends on how they can get the money right and the the terms. But he's a guy I definitely would consider given the Bucs situation because I think you – it's tough to to turn over almost an entire corner back. Yeah, yeah, it, right. It's, it's also unheard of. It really is. So, and I, and I think this was obviously a product of the Bucks going the Bucks going so heavy in the draft on the cornerback position. You know, they double up a couple of years, and obviously their contracts are going to expire uh, within you know the same time frame. So, you know, the Bucks have some decisions to make. But yeah, SMB is a guy who, like you mentioned, you know, great, great kid, great guy. Um, hasn't always been at his best, but I think there's maybe enough there to bring him in as a guy. That you have as depth or have as a rotational guy when you when you need him. I don't know that he's the guy you want to go into next season as your number two corner, like the yeah. starter. But I think there's there's a potential there to bring him back. Bucks Skull Gang in house says, uh, "Who are the Bucks going to franchise tag?" Now this is a tough one. Jason Light was asked about it, and he said, "It's a good tool. It's a useful tool, but we kind of hope that we don't have to." Um, the Bucks have used the franchise tag over the last couple of years, yeah. mostly with Chris Godwin. They used it twice with Chris yeah, Godwin. Used it twice um, on, on and in twenty twenty they used it on Shaq Barrett, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. So I know we just said he's going to be out the door, but I think Jamel Dean would be the most likely franchise tag, but kind of as a placeholder, very similar to what they did with Chris Godwin in yeah. terms of they're going to franchise tag him, so then they can sign him to an extension and lower that cap hit where they can still maneuver this year, and then Dean can get more of his money down the road. Outside of that, I don't really know if there's a if there's a top, you know. I don't know that there are any other candidates, really. Yeah, I really think it's just um, Jamel Dean. So that's and how the, I would answer that. The one, one thing with Jamel Dean and the franchise tag is I think, like you mentioned, they, they can use that as a placeholder and then lower the cap hit. Um, I don't think you want him playing on that franchise tag because the franchise tag price for a, a cornerback is going to be, you know, pretty significant. I, I want, I'm trying to look it up here. I think it's going to be somewhere in the $18 million range. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with the Bucks situation there, and we keep talking about the cap situation, I don't think it's it's maybe the best time to pay your number two corner $18 million. I think they gave Carlton Davis what, I think it was like a three or $45 million deal last year. So yeah. it's just going to be tough for the Bucks to make it work um, with Jabelle Dean. But, they, yeah, they have that franchise tag if they need it, if they really can make that work. It, it's a possibility at least. We have another super chat from LDBC's Most Wanted. So thank you again, LDBC, for the four ninety nine super chat. They say, I don't think our O-line is far from great. Worfs, Mason, Jensen, Leverett, and a premium pick at left tackle. I trust light drafting offensive linemen. 
Well, I think we have to understand the offensive line is already going to be better because Ryan Jensen's back. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan Jensen is a huge deal. The big question with the Bucs cutting Donovan Smith, what does that mean for Tristan Wirfs? Does Wirfs stay as the best right tackle in the league? Or does he slide over to left tackle and then the Bucs have to either find a right tackle or move Luke Gedeke over there? I trust whatever the Bucs decide, it will make the offensive line better. I just think it's a matter of, we've talked about this before, it's a matter of you don't want to get rid of an A-plus Tristan Wirfs on the right side to get a B letter grade Tristan Wirfs on the left side. So a lot of this will come down to how comfortable Tristan Wirfs feels. Um, and what does it mean for the draft? Jason Light also spoke about he he firmly believes in building through the trenches on offense and defense. Does it mean that they'll go with an offensive lineman in the first round? I don't necessarily think so, but top three very much could be on the board. Yeah, and it's a good point. You're trusting Jason Light drafting offensive linemen. I know everyone has given a lot of flack uh, for Luke Gedeke last year. I think he's still in his development. He still has time to you know prove to be someone that you know was it was a good pick in the second round, but um, still making that transition. But you look back further. You know Donovan Smith for for all the vitriol he got, gets over the years. I think came became what an eight year starter. Yeah, um, getting drafted in the second round in 2015. Um, and then Ali Marpet in that very same draft was a Pro Bowl level player every year. He got the one Pro Bowl uh, before he retired. And then of course Alex Kappa, who went in and cashed in on his uh, his rookie deal after you know he's now with with Cincinnati. So yeah, I mean Jason Light has a nice uh, track record for himself. And you, you look at that offensive line, and you, like you mentioned, it wasn't that Robert Hainsey was bad last year at center filling in for Jensen. It's just Jensen's on another level. Exactly. And so he really exactly. instantly elevates that offensive line when he comes back, and it also does give give you the versatility or the chance to potentially, and I don't know if they'll do this, I think they probably want to, they don't want to put their backup center at risk, but they could have Hainsey compete for that guard spot. So they have options and it'll be interesting to see how they, it all plays out with uh, Donovan Smith's impending release because they are going to have to make a decision to figure out what they're going to do at tackle. A lot of decisions to be made. Uh, another decision, if you're going bowling is, will I hit a strike this time? And of course, if you're looking to get that strike, and knock down all 10 pins, go to Pin Chasers to do it. They have multiple locations in the Tampa area. It's a great night out with friends and family. The food is very underrated from the pizza to the chicken tendies to the nachos. And they have deals literally every single night from all you can eat pizza to all you can bowl to dollar beers. Um, if you have a kid and you're throwing their birthday party and you want to do it at Pin Chasers, you're going to the right spot because they obviously have the bowling. They have an arcade area as well. So the kids can play video games. They could do some bowling. There's something there for everybody. Um, if you want to have a company event there, it's a good spot as well. They have a uh, bar with all types of beer, liquor, and wine that you can enjoy. Um, deals galore. Brunch on the weekends if you want to do that. Visit pinchasers.net and see what deal they have in store well, for you. Let me say this too about pin chasers is you mentioned birthday parties. Our birthdays are both coming up. Yeah, and I actually was even telling my family the other day I was trying to figure out what I want to do for my birthday. Just you always keep it pretty low key. And I was like, I really kind of want to go bowling. There you go. Like, I do kind of want to go bowling. So I think you know, pretty coming up here pretty soon. I might be out at a pin chasers celebrating my birthday and then getting you know getting out there and, and bowling. I haven't been bowling in a while, you know, so it might be a little a little rough for me in terms of the results. But yeah, always a great spot. Cool. Check it out, and you might. Run into Bailey. All 
All right, let's get into the safety group, Bailey. Uh, a couple more formal interviews um, at that position, but why don't you tell us who the Bucks have been speaking to? Yeah, so uh, JL Skinner, the Boise State safety, they had a formal with him, a formal interview with him at the combine or at the Senior Bowl, and they had an informal here at the combine in Indianapolis. Um, Illinois safety Sidney Brown, who you see as the cover guy today yep. on the podcast. Um, Illinois safety, yeah, he he had a formal and informal interview with the Bucks. Uh, and then, of course, Alabama defensive back. We call him a defensive back. He's a safety, but can't play the slot. Brian Branch, he had a formal interview. Um, I think that's the big one from today because he's just – he's a Todd Bowles-type player. We can talk about him a little bit more in a, in a bit. Uh, Illinois safety, Quan Martin, has a formal schedule with the Bucks, And then another guy who has the formal schedule with the Bucks is Florida State safety, Jamie Robinson. Um, you know, And then they talk to a bunch of guys with informal interviews. Texas A&M's Antonio Johnson, Cal's, Cal's uh, Daniel Scott. Ohio State's Ronnie Hickman Jr., Pitts, Brandon Hill, uh, Anthony Johnson from Iowa State, Tyreek Jones from Boise State, Christopher Smith from Georgia, Brandon Joseph from Notre Dame, DeMarco Hellams from Alabama, uh, Javarius Owens, who we talked to today, and talk, he talked a little bit about Logan Hall. Um, he's from Houston. He's another guy who had an informal. Yeah. And then Florida's Rashad Torrance, the second, Oklahoma State's Jason Taylor, the second, and then Iowa's Kayvon Merriweather. So a lot of guys the Bucks have their eyes on. Uh, you know, over the next couple uh, couple of days, but also the next couple of months leading up to the draft because the safety position is probably just as murky as the cornerback position. It is. We'll talk about what the Bucks have uh, at safety in a moment. But, yeah, Sidney Brown, he was a guy that spoke a lot about Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, you know, they both played in the Big Ten. There was one time they were both Big Ten defensive players of the week, yeah. which is uh, pretty funny because, you know, Winfield – has been in the league for what three years now, yeah. but that's because Brown is a five-year starter. So again, a ton of experience there. Huge physique. He's absolutely built like a truck. And um, he had a great quote. You can see it on Trevor Sikama's Twitter as well, uh, where he was talking about like taking risks. And you know, if you think even for a second about I might not do this, then you're already screwed. So he's a bit of a risk taker, which is. You know, fine. Bruce Arians would like that. I don't know as much about Todd Bowles. Um, the one thing that I know Todd Bowles won't like, the the knock on Sidney Brown, is um, he misses some tackles. And he's not the tallest safety out there. But neither is Antoine Winfield Jr. So maybe that's why Antoine Winfield Jr. is a guy that um, he really watched. But that's, um, you know, some information you should know about Sidney Brown. Now, Jamie Robinson out of Florida State, we mentioned, saw him at the Senior Bowl. He is a really exciting guy. Um, again, the late great Mark Cook would say that Florida State is DBU. I know um, LSU fans might disagree yeah. a little bit, but nonetheless, you get great defensive backs out of Florida State and um, LSU as well. And Robinson was a guy that really stood out at the Senior Bowl. Pretty athletic, good ball skills, was able to cover the tight end, which the Bucks ask. Uh, of their safeties if, if they're not going to have Devin White do it or Levante David. Um, I, I really like what Jamie Robinson brings to the table. Uh, just an overall, like, great football player, not just not just in one spot. Yeah, no, and he, he can do it all, and that's something that the Bucks are obviously looking for. Todd Bowles loves versatile DBs, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's obviously a pretty easy fit there for Jamie Robinson. There's some other guys like that. Um, you know, we'll talk about Brian Branch in a second, but something you mentioned, I think, about Sidney Brown being kind of like he, he's not the tallest, but he's kind of a, a bigger body guy, I think I would say. And another guy like that is JL Skinner. He, he's a out of Boise State. And, you know, unfortunately for him, you know, he, he tore his pec muscle 
training last week. So he's not going to uh, participate in any of the combine testing or any, any of the drills this weekend. And, you know, probably will be sidelined for maybe the early portion of, um, of training camp. Cause so that, that'll probably hit his draft stock, but inter- interesting guy to talk about because I think Todd Bowles would like to have, or will like to have two guys back there at safety yeah. of, of different body types. I think mean, Antoine Winfield Jr. is a bit on the smaller side. He might want, you know, a big body guy back there. So Skinner, maybe his his stock takes a bit of a hit with that injury, but somebody to maybe pay attention to on the later rounds. Um, but then, then Brian Branch is the guy, I think. You look at him and he – there's a question of whether or not he'll even fall to number 19 yeah. in the box of picking, <laughs> of course. Um, he said I think he had, he had 25 or 26 formal interviews uh, scheduled total this week uh, in Indianapolis. And he's just a guy who he's, – he's another do-it-all guy where he can play the slot extremely well. Um, you know, Scott mentions when he talks about Branch, how he wrecked the game against Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. One of the games um, that I watched um, of Branch was against LSU, and he had a really, really good game against LSU. He had one late pass interference, ended up proving pretty costly, but really wasn't even like the worst play. It was just he he had a good game in, in, in that on that night, and a really fun player to watch, really fun player to talk to, and I think would be the perfect Todd Bowles guy. Um, if, if they want to select him at 19. And I think those are the two probably, if, if you're looking at this group of guys they've talked to, especially formally, I think Brian Branch is obviously a first-round guy that you're probably thinking as thinking of as a number 19 pick. Mm-hmm. If you're waiting maybe to the second round, Sidney Brown might be that guy who you kind of hopefully wait for and, and grab at number 50 in the second round. Um, two guys, I think, that really would, would give the Bucks a big boost in the secondary, playing alongside Anton Winfield Jr. Al Bundy says, I would take him at 19 over Forbes, in my opinion. And that's a big caveat into all of this is safeties that can play the slot. That's why Branch is so appealing. So Antoine Winfield Jr. can stay back at uh, at free safety. A couple other guys that were that had informal meetings that also play the slot is uh, Florida safety Rashad Torrance, the second, and Iowa safety uh, Kayvon Merriweather. Merriweather was also um, at the Senior Bowl. Antonio I, Johnson, Texas A&M is another one. Antonio course. Johnson yeah. uh, as well. So, look, as as we get closer to the draft and, and mock drafts, pay attention to the safeties that can also play in the slot because that is what Tampa Bay is looking for, guys that can play inside and allow Antoine Winfield Jr. to – to really do his thing and 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 run free and really Antoine Winfield Jr. is the only safety outside of uh, Nolan Turner that is around for the Bucks right now and we talked a little bit about Nolan Turner yesterday because KJ uh, Henry from Clemson called Nolan Turner what was it the Hunter Renfro uh, of defense you can check out our social media our Instagram uh, if you want to see that video by the way please. Follow all of our social media and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are at Peter Report for all of our social media. And then our YouTube channel is Peter Report TV. Do us a favor and like and subscribe if you are a fan of the Peter Report podcast and um, our various clips on our YouTube and the website as well. But back to the Bucks defensive backfield discussion. Antoine Winfield Jr. is the guy at safety. Yeah. And there are a couple of players that they brought in on one-year contracts, most notably Logan Ryan, who I thought did a very fine job in the role that he was asked for. And Mike Edwards, you saw him, see him in that picture. He's the, the front man in this one. He was a ball hawk this year. I tried to curb my accent there. He was a ball hawk. And 
this year was a big opportunity for Mike Edwards. It was his first time being a full-time starter and the turnovers kind of went away. You know, he had, he had the big week too. We have the pick six. I think he had two interceptions in that game. And then he only had one other interception the rest of the season. And that was on a, uh, sorry, Jamel Dean had the two interceptions in the game. Mike Edwards had the pick six and kind of, you know, closed the door on that one. The only other interception he had was a halftime Hail Mary in the game against the Browns. And Edwards got hurt a little bit. I do like him as a player, but I, I think we learned that he's better suited in the the backup role that, yeah, you're a backup, but you're still important to the defense because you're getting a fair amount of playing time. And We'll see what happens with Mike Edwards. Yeah, I think he he was solid in that rotational role. A little little bit more of a mixed bag this year. I think early on it was one of the things because the, the question was, oh yeah, he's a ball hawk, but can he play the run well enough? Can you know can he really be a full time starting safety? And early on in the season, he actually looked like really good against the run. I was like, yeah, he was standing out to me. I know uh, one of the games uh, was with J.C. Allen, and we were talking about you know Edwards is actually like, sticking his nose in there and, and you know stopping the run pretty well. And I think. Mm-hmm. As the season went on, I don't know if it was because he got banged up or if it was just kind of more of who he is as a player. I really don't know from that standpoint. But he just had a little bit more of, you know, a little more struggles against the run and just in in general. So, yeah, it it will be interesting to see what Edwards kind of gets on the open market because I don't know that it's a big money deal. Mm -hmm. um, But I also don't know that it's something the Bucs can afford. It's probably in between things where he might get – just a little more than the Bucks can afford, but not a huge like mega deal. Put it this way, he's not going to get a Jordan Whitehead deal yeah. when Jordan Whitehead got signed to the Jets. But I also do think Mike Edwards could get a deal where the Bucks say, this is a little bit too much for us in the salary cap situation. Yeah. Now, Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal, if I'm the Bucks, I go back to Logan Ryan ASAP and say, please come back for the same deal that he got last year. And Logan Ryan, because he got injured, he played very well when he was out there, but because he got injured and missed a whole month, even more. I don't necessarily think the market is that big for Logan Ryan, but if you're Logan Ryan, you do, he is a veteran. He can still make plays where if I'm him, I kind of try to latch onto a team that is more suited to make the playoffs. There's obviously a lot of uh, uncertainty with this Bucks team, but man, I would really try to get Logan Ryan back. Yeah, and you think about it, too, this, the landscape of the division, this is something that, that both Jason Light and Todd Bolts are talking about. So obviously, they're going to try to retool this roster and make a run of that division again because it's a weak NFC South even still. So, I mean, maybe he does. Maybe he wants to be a part of that and, and try to come back. And if he, if he liked it enough in Tampa, because he did, he missed a chunk right in the middle of the season, but it was right after the beginning of the season where he was a turnover guy. He yeah, he was. He had a – he, this fumble that you see here, I think he had a pick off of uh, Aaron, was it Aaron Rodgers. It was, yeah, in the Packers game. So he, he was a guy who was taking the ball away, which, as we discussed at length, is something that the Bucks were missing for so much of last year. And I think when he was healthy, he played pretty well. You know, he's a guy that's getting up there in age. I don't think he's going to command a ton um, in free agency. So I would, I would consider bringing him back. Keanu Neal's another one who I don't think is going to get that big of a deal anywhere else. So. If you're the Bucs and you're trying to fill out that safety room, I don't think you're relying on Keanu Neal to be a starter, but a guy who can come in and start if there's an injury or something, you know, happens. Um, because I think, he, you know, he plays the run pretty well. He's he's a solid, you know, all-around player. Not the best, not the worst. I think for the cap situation they're in, they probably take a look at both of them or at least one of them to bring them back and fill out that room. I think Keanu Neal might be 
be replaced by a safety that they yeah. that they take in the draft. You can kind of find that bruiser, like a Sidney Brown that you talked about, or Branch obviously is a physical, uh, you know, strong guy that could could replace Keanu Neal, uh, or at least that's how I would address it if if I'm picking or making the selection for the Bucks. You mentioned how crappy the NFC South is, and that's why there's a great opportunity for Tampa Bay. Um, if you want to bet on the Bucks to win the NFC South, the best place that you got to go and do it at is mybookie.ag. Use the promo code pewter and get up to $1,000 with your first deposit bonus. Football season might be done, but you could actually bet on the combine. You can bet on the NFL draft. You got um, the NHL and the NBA in full swing right now. College basketball, March Madness is right around the corner. Bailey and I yesterday, Bet on Alabama roll tide to we bet them at halftime when they were losing to Auburn. We bet on Alabama to win. Bama won in overtime, so very excited for college basketball and March Madness coming up in uh, in a week or two, and a big UFC fight coming up this Saturday. So there's always something to bet on. You can bet on uh, you can play some blackjack as well at my bookie. Uh, one more time, use that promo code Pewter and put a thousand dollars as a bonus into your deposit over at mybookie.ag. Bailey, to get back to the prospects for just a moment, uh, we spoke to a lot of guys. That's how we got all this information of who's having a formal and informal interview with the Bucks. And while last year wasn't ideal for Tampa Bay, there were still great times for the Bucks and the secondary. They are coming off a Super Bowl championship in 2020. So there was a lot of Antoine Winfield Jr. discussion. A lot of the safeties either know of Antoine, trained the same place where Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, trains at, or um, you know, look at look at him as a guy that they can find the same amount of success as. So uh, we're gonna play a video right now, just a couple of the the prospects talking about what they know about the box, how their meeting went with the box, players that they know. There's a Sean Murphy Bunting shout out. I will put the disclaimer. There are uh, a couple of mispronunciation of players, but let's understand. We're covering the box. We know these guys. These are college prospects that just focused on their on their college football season. Um, now they're going to the combine. They're talking with all different teams. It's not their responsibility to know the ins and outs of every single player. So there are a couple of mispronunciations. Just understand they have a lot going on. But, um, yeah, here's a couple of uh, – this is a fun little video of, of NFL Combine prospects discussing your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, man, beautiful, man. Great weather. You know, I'm from the Midwest, so I, I'm really not used to having 80 degree weather in the middle of December and January. So I definitely, uh, I'm definitely enjoying the, uh, all the weather. How'd it go? Yeah, it went great. You don't want to show your hand. Um, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay went great. Game. You don't want to show your... Spoke about uh, me as a person, wanting to get to know me, and then the football things on the grass and my football yeah. IQ. So, you know, great. Todd Bowles, the head coach, was a defensive coordinator, but he used to coach defensive backs. So can you imagine playing in a, in a defense like that that really favors the secondary? Yeah, um, they have a, a young defense over there, so there's a lot of ballers on that defensive side. Um, you know, I look up to Sean Murphy, Bunyan, uh, Antoine Winfield, those type of guys, so uh, I would love to you know, be a part of that defensive backfield and you know, 
fit in with them. And it went great. You know, coach talked to me about just being able to play nickel and then being able to play free. He compared me to um, Antonio Winfield a little bit. You know, just being a little bit undersized, but being able to play the start position. You know, being able to blitz, covering the slot, being able to be in a deep part of the field, the middle of the field, like free safety. So, yeah, that, that went great as well, too. Freak. Like... You know, like I was just mentioning, you know, just uh, learning the D-line moves and, you know, giving them, you ain't really got to tell Logan too much. Like, he's too gapping people and it's just, it's just, it was crazy just from practice, you know, you got to redo practice and study, redo the script because he's just messing everything up. Like, he's just a wrecking ball and, like, just seeing him have that success from year one, you know, he's going against the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they have a great uh, O-line and he's just causing havoc. So, it's just, it's crazy to see it translate from him. Great. I uh, love the Buccaneers coaching staff. Uh, hopefully, I can meet with them again in the uh, future. So. Have you met with the Bucks at all during this process? Um, informally. Informally? Yes, sir. Are you familiar with, like, a Todd Bowles defense at all or any of the players on that team? Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy, uh, Sean Murphy, Sean Murphy Bunton, right? Okay, yeah. yeah, Jamal Dean. So I'm pretty familiar with it. Um, I've seen Antoine Winfield train the same place as me, but I don't know too much about Todd Bowles defense yet. Well, hopefully, I, you know, I get to learn a little bit more about it. <laughs> And you heard us talk about the new flavors of Celsius earlier on in the show, but we want to remind everybody that the vibes are always high with Celsius and uh, on this podcast as well. Get the Arctic Vibe, Peach or Tropical Vibe. There's so many awesome different flavors. You can also go with the Fuji Apple Pear, Strawberry Lemonade, um, the Sparkling Wildberry. There's an Akai as well, uh, Peach Mango. Uh, damn, what do we got there? The... Strawberry, yeah, strawberry acai, sparkling kiwi guava, a ton of awesome, great flavors. Um, if you want to get it in bulk, way if you go to the bodega and you're like, oh, I can only get so many Celsius at my local bodega. Uh, if you want to get it in bulk, get the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. And uh, go on Amazon, do the subscribe and save, and have it sent to your house or apartment every week, quarterly, monthly. Well, monthly would happen first before quarterly, <laughs> but you get my point. Get it whenever you want. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. I've been having a lot of uh, strawberry lemonade Celsius and just picked up a peach vibe as well when we use the store locator. Uh, we'll have to get some Amazon, have it sent to uh, to our hotel. I just so I just did right before uh, we, we flew out to Indianapolis on Tuesday morning. It was like late. Mm -hmm. I, I ordered uh, from Amazon. I ordered a, a variety pack of Celsius. I think I ordered it. Might have, might have been Sunday. Uh, it got there. It got there on Monday night. It was around. It was like nine thirty o'clock. Uh, nine thirty at night or ten o'clock. Um, there's a knock on the door that we hear. Our dogs going crazy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was Amazon dropping off my variety pack of Celsius. So got that waiting for me when we get back to Tampa. Awesome, great stuff. Uh, appreciate everybody in the comments today. A um, lot of good insight. Um, Christy saying Dave Canales is going to be our future head coach. Give Todd Bowles a chance. I know last year wasn't ideal, but don't give up on Todd Bowles um, just yet. Uh, a couple others, Cam Smith or Ringo. I think Cam Smith is a little bit more likely than Ringo. Wayne Haskins says, CB, CB, CB. Get turnovers. That is absolutely huge. They need a lot more turnovers. Todd Bowles spoke about it as well. Uh, but that's going to do it for us on today's show. As Christy last says, uh, Drew Sanders. Drew Sanders did have a formal interview with the Bucs. And Adrian says, I love Todd Bowles. So uh, difference of opinions on Todd <laughs> Bowles. He's a good guy overall, but uh, needs to have a better season this year. 
for Tampa Bay. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, that's a sign. That's going to do it for us on today's show. That's the last one for this week. We will still be at the Combine tomorrow and Saturday. Tomorrow's a very exciting day. We talk to the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and tight ends. More positions that will be very important to your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So make sure you dial into our social media, pewterreport.com, but also our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've been posting a bunch of different reels and videos and pictures and just tweets about what's going on, what all these prospects are, are saying. You can stay locked in there. We also have our uh, prospect tracker on pewterreport.com. And then, of course, if you like the podcast, if you enjoy what we do, if you like the clips that we put up on our YouTube, um, please subscribe and like our YouTube channel at Peter Report TV. But until next week, where we will have a recap of everything from the Combine, for Bailey Adams, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching. We will see you on Monday for another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Have a great week and weekend. Out. Out. Peace out.